Let's go to Hawke's Bay and Kate Green is based in Napier and covers Gisborne Tairawhiti, RNZ reporter. Thanks for your time this morning, Kate. Good morning. Good morning, Catherine. How are you? Good, thank you. What is the tale, the story, of a stolen motorbike that was taken from Mahia and then recovered? Yes, so a particularly distressing incident for the people involved. Father and son, um, originally from Germany, but they live half the year in Whangarei, they were travelling around the East Cape and they'd stopped at a friend's batch in Nuhaka um, just overnight and they woke up to watch the Rocket Lab launch at nearby Mahia. So that was around 4am. They discovered that the bike, uh, one of their bikes that they'd parked behind the house was gone. So the next morning they're out talking to a neighbour um, and the bike is ridden past on the street outside, completely stripped. It's missing its plastic surrounds on the bike itself, um, but still recognisable, of course, to the owner. And the person riding it's wearing um, a bandana. So the man jumps on the other bike, he pursues him, he goes into an address which the police later tell him was actually a known mongrel mob address and the people there uh, made some nasty gestures, throat slitting kind of thing, so he quickly left of course. Um, an hour and a half later the police arrived, they were pretty reluctant he says to go in, but they did and they found the place pretty much empty, a couple of people, um, but they got the bike back in the end, so a, a good ending in that way. All right, but they are frustrated at what? They are. So the police basically told them it would be quite difficult. The word that the man used was pointless to press charges. And that's because of the issue with identifying the man who stole it since he was wearing a bandana. But of course, that's really frustrating because they found the bike at a nearby address. So there's also issues, I think, the man said he was a bit reluctant to sort of return to Wairoa in, in the case that that would go to court um, just for safety reasons and cost. Um, but the, the police media team actually provided a bit of an explanation there. They said the police must be able to locate sufficient evidence to meet an evidential test, which is provide a reasonable prospect of conviction. And that includes having an identifiable individual. Look, it's a frustration for a lot of people with stolen goods. Kate, I can remember a case in Wellington where someone chased, I think it was an e-bike. They went and got their own e-bike back yes. from an address. The I police wouldn't go. And they got chased on a skateboard or on a scooter or something yeah. by the offender. It's very frustrating for people when they can find their goods but can't seem to get the police to either recover or, in this case, perhaps a very high threshold for prosecution. Definitely. I remember that. That's pretty common in Wellington with the old e-bikes. <laughs> Indeed. All right. Uh, let's have a look at this new electric harvester that's being tested in Gisborne. Is this a first? Yeah, so a more positive story. Um, so Leader Brand, horticulture company based in Gisborne, they've got a new electric harvester which basically runs the same as the diesel version, it's just run off a battery. Um, they've also, so that's not a, a world first, that's a New Zealand first. Um, but they've also got some two, uh, they've got two new electrically powered moving platforms which drive along beside it to sort of store the, the harvested um, vegetables on while they work. And those are a world first. Um, so they arrived late last year. They've been testing it at one of their massive greenhouses. Um, and when I visited a couple of weeks ago, they were harvesting rocket. Oh, I'm just, yeah, that's just, I love rocket. That's, <laughs> it's just triggered something. I'm, in I'm my not brain. a big fan. It's a bit peppery for me. <laughs> oh, I actually gosh, did try it's so some. Good, it's so good. Uh, yeah. I'm just watching it here. Uh, so, what, what's the kind of, what were they explaining was the breakthrough here? Is this a carbon emissions? Um, um, motivated by trying to cut carbon emissions. What's the sort of ingenuity they're seeking here? Yeah, so it's a combination of factors, really. It's 
it's kind of a push to be better for the planet, of course, um, produce more consistent products. Um, there's some benefits to using battery power rather than diesel, especially um, when it comes to being quieter and cleaner indoors. Of course, in these greenhouses, having a loud diesel engine is, is quite you know disruptive, so that's a bonus. And also, I suppose, it captures the emissions from the, um, from the diesel as well. They're enormous uh, yeah, enormous um, hot houses, aren't they? Look at the height yeah. of them. Just looking at your yeah, image on your story. Yeah, so a little bit of that, and then um, what, what's the, the story now? The proof of concept, I think, was overseas, but but now, um, what, what's the future of, of more of these? Yeah, so um, so Leader Brand's pretty excited about the the platforms um, and and their use wider than than their company because you can harvest anything and put them on a platform, and and the beauty with these is that you can kind of program in different things uh, you can easily program sort of battery powered things as opposed to diesel which are a bit more sort of I guess unruly in that way um, so lots of opportunities for programming in tech and using them in different kind of spheres like apple picking or you know any of those kind of horticulture uses you know it's really interesting just thinking of the dreadful form um, um, cyclone impacts where you are based at the moment and also of course in Northland where the Kumra crop was just devastated I'm thinking back also to, you know, things like the late hailstorm, the infamous Christmas uh, or Boxing Day, Christmas Eve, um, one or the other, hailstorm in Nelson. Are we seeing more and more of these really massive covered facilities? Um, are we starting to see more and more of them pop up? Mm, yeah, that's a really good point. Um, I I haven't, in, in the case of Leaderbrand, they use theirs, uh, they were explaining uh, specifically as a kind of testing ground. Like it's really helpful to have this kind of contained environment. You're, you're totally immune to, to weather, um, to, you know, things like hail and, and storms and things, of course. But but also you can do things in a more confined space and more easily compare things, I think. So I wouldn't be surprised if we, we do start to see more of those, to be fair, yeah. So it's more a control, able to control totally. all yep. the inputs and, and see what tweaks make rather than mm. let's let's get away from the weather. And yeah. I imagine it was a pretty penny to establish in the first instance as well. <laughs> say so. All right. Uh, let's stay with your other story then. Um, we mentioned the, the, the Cyclone Gabrielle. Uh, anniversary recently, a lot of coverage of it. How did Gisborne recognise that milestone, Kate? Yeah, so they held what they called their Superhero Awards. Um, so that was an opportunity for members of the public to nominate groups or people, um, businesses for their work uh, during and after the cyclone. So there were, you know, all sorts of people were nominated. There was a woman from Tekaraka who held school in her carport uh, for weeks for children in Tekaraka. Um, there was another woman who is a pilot. Um, she does aerial mapping type stuff, and she used one of her planes to get children back and forth to families from boarding school um, who were stuck in, in Napier, Wairo, that kind of thing. Uh, there was an award for all of the residents collectively of Ferguson Drive, which was badly hit um, during the storm, and um, businesses as well. First Light Network, which was formerly Eastland Network, the, power, uh, the lines company, um, they worked you know, through the night to restore things, so they were recognised as well. What was the mood there? I imagine very mixed emotions. Definitely. Um, lots of laughs, lots of tears, um, some by me. There were, you know, there was the sense that people um, were really reluctant to take kind of, I guess, ownership of the fact that they deserved an award. You know, the people that were nominated were like, we didn't do anything special. Um, but the nominators, you know, the people that had put them forward were also invited to the event. So I think it was a really nice opportunity for the for the community to say, thank you so much for what you did, you know. There's still so much <clears throat> still to do, Kate, and I know particularly in some of those uh, rural areas with, so we saw it just recently, didn't we, still with bridges out, 
with the with the nurse kayaking uh, to work every day. Yes. Um, she was there actually. Yes, yes, Sally. Um, um, you know, there, and there have been some tremendous people at the fore of this. I know we've spoken to some of the rural women's network leaders, etc. But the story remains the same. There's still a heck of a lot of damaged roads and missed connections and, and bridges. Still a lot of recovery to go. Was that a subject of discussion? Too? It was, yes. And it, and it continues to be a subject of discussion. And, and that kind of leads me nicely into, into the last story I wanted to talk about. Um, shall I start on that one? Please. So um, there's a summit uh, organised for tomorrow up in Gisborne, held at the Surf Club um, on brand. It's called the Tairawhiri Tomorrow Together Summit, and there's about 100 people going. Um, it's going to see iwi leaders, business leaders, uh, some government ministers, um, you know, the, the city's leaders in, in council and, mayor, and, and the mayor, Rahit Stoltz. Um, they're all meeting to basically talk through the region's challenges and, and what to do about them. So achieving a, they're calling it a future strategy for the East Coast. Um, so the, you know, challenges in health, education, crime, employment and the lack of housing, all of those things obviously worsened or I guess brought to the fore by Cyclone Gabrielle last year. What are those some, some of those key challenges that have been quantified that are literally on the agenda for tomorrow? Yeah, so um, so Gisborne itself has um, a, a bit of a different sort of um, build-up of, of its community than um, a lot of places in New Zealand. So the region has more people of Māori ethnicity than any other region. In 2018, it was just over half of the population was Māori. Um, they've also got pockets um, of really high deprivation areas. Um, the cyclone obviously added to those needs. Lots of communities cut off. Um, you know, the roads, everyone always talks about the roads. There were 3,000 faults logged on the roads after the cyclone. 61 bridges needed repairs or replacements, full replacements, some of which aren't permanent. They're just Bailey bridges, um, as well as things like the buyout and storm protection for those areas that are more, that are likely to flood again. Um, so the council's been really clear, you know, we need the government to, to support us and, and help us to fix this. I mean, that's a call that's come from various places, right? And the government's yeah. now got sworn in, I'm just trying to think, sworn in November, I think, early November, right? So we're three mm-hmm. coming up four months in. Uh, attending there, you mentioned, I think, the Emergency Management Recovery Minister, Regional Development Minister, Māori Development Minister. You know, what's anticipated? Is there just going to be a korero? Is there going to be a... Uh, a, a plea made. What will come out of it? Yeah. So actually, we've. Um, I found out this morning that we've only got. Uh, I think we've only got a couple of those people mentioned. We've got local MP Dana Kirkpatrick and the Emergency Management and Recovery Minister Martin right. Mitchell will be there in person. The others are sending video. I guess sort of five minute long okay. video messages. Okay. Um, so. I'm actually not sure what form that will take. It sounds like it will be an opportunity for people to air grievances at least. Yeah. Uh, look, all the best. It's a, it's a long, long road back. Thank you for your coverage.